So is it uh, Haga or Haga? See, yeah, uh, actually, I tell everybody it, we we say Haga like with an E more than mm-hmm. an A. But I always tell people, honestly, who knows, like it probably got lost somewhere, you know, maybe they said Hago way back in the day. And then, you know, us Ohioans just kind of, you know, ruined it eventually. <laughs> so, uh, Brennan Haga, uh, is that just, I just forgot how you, that's, I've done that so many times. I'm like, how do you pronounce your name? I, and then it, I immediately forget. Right. Uh, Haga, you got it. Yep. Jeez. Brennan, how's it going, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm kind of, um, I just got back from the gym. Uh, just did a little half a scoop of pre-workout this time because it's too late uh, in the day. So, right. you know, so I'm good as far as that goes, but it's, it's so uh, weird. I'm on, I'm on midnights now at work. I started like, well, I started the job about three months ago. Been on midnights for about two months. This is my first time doing midnights. So tonight I woke up. is no, no. Like, oh, I, in life, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, I've been. I woke up at like three thirty. So it's like, you know, hearing that you got home from the gym and everything. I'm like, it's even though I've been at it for a little bit, it's been you know hard to adjust for sure. What uh, what line of work are you in? I just work at a steel factory. So, okay. I bend metal on like a big press and um, I've done like, I have a little bit of history with that. Um, and uh, I'm kind of, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine. I've always sort of not wanted to hold myself down to anything. You know, I've kind of yep. been, my dad sort of honestly kind of gave me the okay with that. You know, when I was growing up, he was like, you know what, don't, like freak out when you get out of high school, you know, just kind of live a little bit, learn what you want to do. And, um, damn, that's it wasn't good, that's until, good like, advice. Yeah. Right. It wasn't until about a, you know, really right before I started this job where I was like, you know what, I, I'm kind of ready to just find something, start coming to adulting a bit more. So. Well, how old are you? Uh, 26. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do before that? Um, I've done all sorts of things. Uh, I, I mean, the dream was, has always been to like do music full time, but. Okay. Guitarist, songwriter. Uh, I, I'm kind of, what do they say? Like the jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. Um, I I started as a bass player because bass is awesome. Like that's, that's what got me into music. I was like, that whenever I like heard an isolated bass guitar, I was like, that's the sound it makes. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, all, it also seems, I, I know I had that thought when, before I figured out I could play the drums, you know, cause everybody <laughs> try like musically minded people. You're going to try a bunch of instruments. Uh, some people can play them all, but a lot of people you'll find one and you're like, that's it. Um, mm. but I remember trying bass first because it just has four strings. And I was like, I can yeah. do that. Like anybody right. can do that. Uh, <laughs> and I learned, God, what was it? I think it was the baseline from sugar by a uh, system of a down. Okay. Yeah. That dun, 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 dun. It's oh. literally just like a uh, second fret moving your index middle and ring finger back and forth and i was like right. i got this uh yeah 
turns out it's more complex than that. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely – bass players get so mad when you say, oh, bass is easy. But it's like truly it can be. Like you can hold down whole notes, you know, especially for like worship music and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's you can just totally like hold down that root, but it can expand as much. But then same can be said about drums or anything else. Yes. You keep a two and four, like you can learn that in five minutes, but it's all and about that. And same with drums is that, yes, like you have the drummers that can just play the bare minimum to keep the song going. And you're like, all right, that sounds good. But you absolutely notice when you have like a good bass player, like uh, the worship team example is good. Like we had our uh, usual bass player, you know, just they play bass. They can just hang there with, with their little notes. And then we had um a fill-in like a bass player musician and you know he would like just play with me the whole time like a rhythm yeah. is supposed to do and i was like this is way better no oh, yeah see i as a bass player i always liked playing uh with the drummer i was all you know like get those like hits when he's doing the kick i like you know i'm hitting that and trying to uh create space when he is and that kind of thing it wasn't until because uh, I'm I'm more primarily a drummer now, and I hadn't played with like a bass player that really played with a drummer for a long time, and then I did one time, and I was like, "This is so much better than being a bass player playing with a drummer." <laughs> so, ah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so. so you landed on drums as well. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good no choice. doubt. I actually, so I bought a. Everybody said um, to buy a shell pack, mm-hmm. basically just the you know kick snare whatever toms you want and then go buy your cymbals and hardware later because you can get spend like twelve hundred dollars on a kit you're gonna get like two hundred dollar pieces of equipment all around right whereas you spend six hundred bucks on a just the shells and then you go later on and buy nicer cymbals that's the way to go so i just dropped it was like nine hundred dollars on cymbals so I'm like, hopefully uh, I actually, you know, make it worth it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, and that's, yeah, that just means you got some good symbols. Like, and that's, that's not even close to how expensive it can be. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So how do you like, I'm always, so I did the, like, would you be considered a machinist or like an operator? or like an operator i suppose okay so i i've spent a very uh compared to the rest to my the entirety of my life i've spent Mm -hmm. a pretty small percentage um in like factory work uh Mm -hmm. or plant work yeah that's the other big one around here how and god midnight especially like how do you in like What's the experience like for you? Do you enjoy it? Is it, are you literally doing the same task every shift day in, day out? Uh, so the place I worked before, we just made um, like dump truck beds. So everything was a brace or a wall or a floor, um, you know, or a cab protector. It was just the four sides of the square and the braces, you know, and everything. So that was, you'd have a huge tub 
of the same parts that you're just just you know just making hundreds of them but i honestly almost prefer that compared to this because this is like um i have to set my machine up for every new order let's say i forget i think they call it yeah like your order number or whatever but for every new part basically it's you have to basically tear down your machine set it all back up and then you may run that that part those those parts on that skid for like 20 minutes and then you have to tear it all back down again and set it all up for a completely new beast Um, oh yeah that would be super aggravating yeah so it's like it does keep it you know you are mixing it up a lot more but after a long day of that i'm kind of like just give me like 200 parts that i can just sit here and kind of let my yeah off so like are you able to listen to podcasts and stuff while you do it uh yeah like i have a little speaker um that i was actually listening to church and other drugs uh last night um and uh the problem is there's different sounds going on kind of at different times on midnights it's kind of a skeleton crew so there's less going on but i'll like <laughs> I, I feel kind of dumb sometimes i'll i have like a just a little tiny uh bluetooth portable speaker and you guys will be talking about something that i'm like really interested in i'm like oh wait what did you say so i like grab my speaker and like hold it and i'm like running around grabbing parts and stuff trying to <laughs> I feel like it's like it's almost loud enough but not for a podcast you know, if you're listening to music and it's just kind of droning, it's fine. Right. But when you're listening to like what somebody's saying, it's, you know, you need to yeah, it's a, it's, it's a different story. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how did you come to, so I'll just preface, um, you had reached out to me uh, and we won't get here yet, but just set the stage um, because you were starting a podcast on revelation and mm-hmm. So I w- we were talking earlier, but how did you find us uh, in the first place? Because you're not a person with uh, addiction or alcoholism or anything like that. So it is always interesting to me when I find, because it does seem like a niche thing. So when I find people that are outside of that, I'm always interested as to like what kind of keyed you in. Right. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about kind of um, that whole you know, relationship with the show too. But basically I, I found the show because uh, I was uh, listening to Bad Christian uh, at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, you had your, uh, I, I want to say it was the first time, maybe the only time you were on the show, but uh, you had your Nephilim uh, episode. and <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, with, with Joey. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and like Matt, or no, Matt commented on it later. Was yeah, the deal. I think yeah. it was on the same show, but you weren't talking to Matt or something. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I remember just, I mean, the way you, you know, the information you brought and the way you conducted yourself, I was like, oh, so this is like a professor at like a Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, then I watched, listened to the first episode of Church and Other Drugs. I'm like, oh, this is not <laughs> what yeah. I expected. So Nope not but don't yeah, have no, just, uh, the doctor yet <laughs> no not yet um but no i yeah, real truly i was interested um in uh yeah the nephilim idea and i was like man that sounds super interesting so i 
honestly, I scrolled through church and other drugs catalog and found the Nephilim episodes. And then nice. I was like, I would, I've always truly, I've always kind of said my biggest, um, whatever you want to call it, things that I'm passionate about or convictions or whatever mm. are, uh, like recovery and uh, human trafficking. Cause, mm. uh, to me, it's like, not to compare them at all. Obviously everybody has their own struggles and they're unique in their own way, but it's like, to me, these two things that people kind of just got dealt a bad hand, you know? And it's like, they yeah. both have this stigma, you know, of like, do we help those people or, you know, what? then like, uh, maybe not so much with human trafficking. Cause I feel like, you know, people in recovery get, a worse rap sometimes but um, yeah you're not gonna get you're not gonna get yelled at for being human trafficked <laughs> no one's right. gonna uh no one's gonna be like wow you are terrible how dare you yeah. get trafficked right exactly but it just yeah to me it's like these people that didn't ask for it and sometimes get overlooked um you know and uh so i don't know for whatever reason those two things um so I was kind of like, yeah, you know, um, I got it. I was kind of into that. And um, so I started listening through and yeah, I'm like, I'm completely caught up up to today. I actually, I, I forget how long ago it was when I started listening, but I remember the week when I caught up and now had to wait a week for the new episode. <laughs> no, oh man. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's, I totally, uh, I, I remember that too when, finding it's it's the same as the worst i think is finding a show that you like and then finding it that has like you know eight seasons but then finding out it's canceled and so it's just like oh, ah, yeah. damn it um, what I i'm on on no, no resolution yeah yeah it's that's that's what it is it's that leaving things uh unanswered but podcast the same way if you find it, an old show that has like 250 backlogs and then you but you finally catch up that's what happened with a uh, bad christian for me too so yeah, me too. well i guess then like with with bad christian what is your or uh seeing as how you were a listener of bad christian what is kind of your faith background or journey i need a better a better phrase for <laughs> faith journey your spiritual exploration yeah, from, no, I, I totally yeah. get your, your struggle with asking that question because it's like you don't you start to almost assume with the question and you're like, but I'm not really. I just want to really know broadly what you're, you know, right. Is. Um, right. So, yeah, I I mean, I, I've been a church kid um, basically my whole life, like uh, my family. Uh, had been like more into and less into church, but like my great grandparents, my grandpa was a pastor. Um, what do not what denomination? Um, I, I think they were Pentecostal, uh, but I grew up non denominational basically, okay. like my whole life. Um, not the first church that I kind of grew up in till I was like 18 was um, leaned Pentecostal, you could say. Um, but it was just like Jesus, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, very the, like American. And this yeah. is uh, in Ohio. That's where you're. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, born and raised. Uh, east northeastern. So if you know Akron or Canton football, I do Akron. know Akron just because of AA. That's oh, what gotcha. that's where it started. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So yeah, I, I've been here, uh, I've been in the same county my whole life, actually. Um, so I yeah. kind of you know moved around, but yeah, I think like uh Bill W us the founder, like his house in Akron the the AA purists out there are gonna kill me if I'm getting this wrong but I want to say like you know his house is there and it's like a historic thing that you can go see wow yeah is it is it true um is he the guy like he got with a pastor or something like and they kind of you know yeah so the it's you're putting me on I'm uh, I gotta I I teach this so I better get these these freaking details right um right. no he so at one point uh the story with the pastor was he was freshly sober and he went to a who was at a hotel and he went downstairs and people were drinking at the bar and he got tempted to drink he didn't know what to do so he ran to the phone directory and called uh this pastor like a local pastor and was like i need where are the alcoholics at and so the pastor told him where some alcoholics were or people like in his congregation that needed help and so bill went Mm -hmm. and helped those people um and he himself what's that like to hold himself accountable yep. so and that that's where the the basic idea of uh the line in the book is when all else fails nothing will ensure immunity from alcohol as much as uh turning your attention to another problem alcoholic right. so like if you're having cravings and nothing is working then go help someone else is the idea right and they pretty much cribbed the the step part of the program from this Christian group called uh, the Oxford Group, and they they yeah, had yeah. yep they had seven six or seven steps maybe it was six steps, um, and they had God, but it was uh, specifically Jesus Christ. Like, I, mm. I want to say that there used to be like a paper that you signed and, and on that paper, you were like saying that Jesus is is God. And so they figured out that in order to reach a broader group of people, because Christianity is a very loaded term, especially now, not as much back then, but nowadays, mm you have people that just absolutely if they see church christian anything jesus anything like that then they're not going anywhere near it and so they just kind of adopted this uh like the original step said god and so they added god comma as we understood him uh and they Mm. put that in italics and the idea was like we will help people come to god through the back door so it's for the people that have an issue with god 
So long I explanation. No, yeah, that's that's really good. I actually didn't realize it had a, you know, God sort of undertone until I started watching uh, church, or listening to Church and Other Drugs. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I guess it made sense, but oh I, yeah, I thought it was just completely secular. So and tons of it are are straight from scripture too. There's mm-hmm. um, but it's all I guess you could say like cleverly veiled um and it's kind of lost its um it used to be and some would and some people this is an unpopular opinion but some people would point to it it used to have a much higher success rate um and that is when it was more explicitly god-centric or god was more a part like it's definitely been watered down and changed in a lot of communities and, and some people omit the God thing entirely. And right. But that's a different conversation. So, okay. So you grew up sort of, uh, sort of Pentecostal leaning, like what, what kind of things did it take from Pentecostalism? Like, like tongue spirits, right? Like the, um, the founders, from what I understand, the founders and my pastors directly of, of my church were uh, like very spiritual. Um, it, it was uh, everything was um, like the, the spirits leading us, you know, and yeah, worship was speaking in tongues and the prayer meetings were uh, very that same vein, you know, um, tongues and, you know, not necessarily anything I disagree with, but just I I never found myself really participating in all of that. But I was just like, yeah, this is what church is. And I didn't know any any different. Um, but then, yeah, as I've uh, I, I've been to like kind of a handful of churches, but really um, the one church I went to after I left there, it was um, my youth pastor actually started a church um, and then like a lot of people went and it wasn't like they sent him off in good standing, you know, like it was cool, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't wasn't like a, um, taking my kickball and going home. I'll start a new church because I was kicked out. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like we had a, um, you know, a meeting for him and everything like ceremony or whatever. And, uh, but I actually didn't go right away. Uh, but then, um, yeah, later on, I, joined their church and then a buddy of mine uh started leading worship at a church that I just felt like I kind of got down with more and there was like more people my age kind of thing and um so that's where I've been for the last few years um I would often go visit because he'd be like hey man I need a drummer or I need a bass player and I just kind of fell in love with it there so that's mm-hmm. where I've been um since but yeah I basically my journey to bad Christian though. Um, you know, I, I was, well, in high school, I was like pretty much the Christian kid in high school, you know, people knew, um, knew me as, oh yeah, Brennan goes to church, you know, I was kind of friends with everybody. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really close with anybody. I think because of that stigma of like, Oh yeah, Brennan's cool, but like, what's there to talk to him about? He just talks about God, you know, which wasn't the truth. But 
um you know but was it were you the because when when you say i was the christian kid in school um those kids at my school were you know didn't cuss drink smoke or well there were they were kind of there were the the quote christian kids um of which i think i was a part of uh like the youth group kids who were just as bad they just went to church or they just cleaned up their act for for certain days and then there were the uh previously homeschooled like christian kids who didn't watch bad movies um would kind of chastise you if you were doing sinful things Mm -hmm. um stuff like that so where do you think you fell on the yeah i was i I was definitely one of the like goody two-shoes kids um where you know i I didn't like you know soaring's bad smoking bad drugs bad um granted my freshman year i joined my first metal band um and they were like the metal band kids you know what i mean so yeah i would be at parties it's like to kind of for for contrast my sister was the goody two-shoes christian kid that was like wouldn't be caught dead any in, 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 even in the face of it or anything um i didn't do anything in high school i you know i didn't swear didn't smoke drink whatever but my freshman year like i would go to band practice and they'd be like hey we're having a party if you want to come they were like seniors and stuff a lot of them in my band i'd be like yeah sure so i'd be sitting at this party literally in a like you know passing a joint circle yeah and it'd be like oh yeah we'd be talking about music we'd be like oh yeah dude that breakdown was sick and i'd grab the joint and hand it to the next guy pass it (laughs) (laughs) yeah like so i was in it but no yeah i i stayed out of anything um Really, I, I didn't um, have my first drink of alcohol till I was 21. Or I want to say maybe it was like a month before I was 21. But like, that's when we celebrated my 21st birthday kind of thing. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I was, um, it was right after I graduated. I actually, I hate telling this story because it sounds just like an emotional breakup story. Um, <laughs> and it was like, it was rough uh my heart was broken as my poor 18 year old self but oh man uh, sometimes i feel like that like as fake as it is that might be more real than anything like that is some oh, yeah. right like when you get your heart broken as a teenager god yeah. you right. are wrecked dude my my worship leader uh my, my buddy of mine he's actually the uh youth pastor too and he always says he's like man I try to take these relationships seriously because whenever you're that age, it is the most serious thing you will ever do. A hundred percent. So yeah, I was in a relationship basically, um, you know, yeah, it was right when I I was about to graduate, I was probably 18 or something. um, And we, they were even more strict than like my family, as far as their faith and everything. Um, And like we were really great. Um, long story short, all of a sudden it wasn't great out of nowhere. And I was confused as to why. And she told me that her family said that God 
isn't telling us anything and that we're not supposed to be together and that what God actually said was that she's supposed to marry a family friend of theirs who was 30 years old. Oh, that's culty as hell. Yeah, I was like, Jeez. okay, so God isn't coming from like this grown ass man. God isn't talking to me, but he's talking to your family only. And it's to marry a 30 year old man. Um, and that, you know, the, the, the roles that they were putting in place, like I understood and it made sense, like as it, coming from a dad, but it was like a exercise of power, like an abuse of power. Oh, you know? yeah. Did she end uh, up marrying that dude? No, no. She <laughs> she has been like married twice now, has kids with two different guys. And, you hey, know, maybe, so. maybe I can think <laughs> of plenty of bullets I dodged. But if you would have asked me back then, I would have right. died for them. Absolutely. That's yeah, it, it's real. Uh, and it's during that time, it's real. Um, yeah. So anyway, I had uh, I had that experience and I was like, uh, my, I actually had just had a conversation with my pastor at the time, a few months before that. And he said, you're about the age where things are going to become uh, real for you or not, basically. Like you're. You've been raised in church and you're going to know things, but you don't know what you believe. And like, you're about to find out basically. And I was like, at the time I was like, yeah, I mean, duh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's away. also, re- you got some good, like senior year advice. Like some people told yeah. you some very real things. Yeah. I, I, I've truly been blessed in my life with like, what, I mean, my dad, really both my parents, um, yeah, just some of the leaders that I've been around. But um, yeah, so I basically spiraled. I mean, it kicked off. Uh, I didn't really, as taboo as this is, like I didn't believe in depression. or I, I, I yeah. didn't understand it, maybe. Um, yep. I was like, yeah, depression means you're really sad, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was a like a truly like a state like a thing you cannot help yeah right so i um like i started the depression because yeah me and my girlfriend broke up whatever and then you know it was like two months later and i was like you know what like i'm going back stronger than ever and then whenever i started battling with the faith side of what happened through that breakup and like some of the things that were said to me that's kind of more when the depression started like for real um so there was about a uh, yeah a year pro- probably longer like a year of just being fully in it and then it trickled out you know um of like you know I'd, i remember a couple nights i'd walk outside um i couldn't sleep it'd be like three in the morning and i'd be like you know punching the ground like you know just couldn't handle my own thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. like pretty dark stuff uh, for a little bit um i uh i remember the one and only time i like hyperventilated was during it um just the the idea of like why do i feel this way and like is it something wrong with me you know what am i uh you know am i doing something wrong or um 
so yeah it was it was a pretty wild experience uh so i anytime people talk about depression uh it i i'm honestly thankful for the experience because i have this um you know i feel like i can uh, understand and empathize now with people that go through it i mean a lot worse than i i did you know yeah you uh, you have a point of reference yeah. Which is like the longer you're alive, the more more of those you get, the more um, I think that's a Steve Martin thing where he's like cancer jokes are funny until you have until your friend gets cancer. It's it's, it's yeah. basically how like, you know, once it once it hits home, you you get it. Um, Definitely. So where was, where would you say, or I guess just keep going with that. So like, where was your head at as far as like belief in God, interaction with God? Where do you go from there? Yeah. So that, um, that experience basically set me on um, like, wow, you know what? I, I guess I've never really heard from God. Like I growing up in the church, you know, the background that I explained, um, it was, yeah, so God, you know, I was driving to work the other day and God was like, oh, hey, Brennan, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. But I, I, I'd never had an experience like that, you know. Um, I didn't understand when people would use that kind of language about God speaking to them. And that kind of all came up out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I know God at all. I know the way people have talked to me about God and the way that my pastors have explained to me, but yeah, I, I was like, I don't really know what I believe at all. And I was like, am I all of a sudden not going to be a Christian or what? And uh, there's actually a couple songs, one from, uh, I don't know if they're still around 10th Avenue North. Uh, I don't know. Church might know them. Oh yeah. Um, they were like kind of worshipy, kind of like indie, I think. Um, but they, they had a song um and actually oh sleeper uh which mm-hmm. i don't know if you're a fan of a sleeper but i have oh a yeah in my arm. oh, oh wait yeah yep. all yeah, right same thing yep Very cool so yeah they uh um josh patterson they, has one too josh patterson uh he was the um open theology guy from uh yeah, the yeah, thinking faith yep. yeah yeah I've actually rewatched uh, both of those episodes or re-listened. Oh, nice. nice. It was like a lot of content. So, um, so uh, I think it's Re- Reveries of Flight. I want to say the one where uh, it's one of the clean tracks on the finisher. I'm bad with names. Uh, yeah. No. Um, Children of Fire. The album. I, I, don't know if, I think it might be on. Or Son album. of the it's, Morning. Son of the Morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the where the logo is literally just the pentagram. Yeah, um, yeah. It's that. One. So yeah, the song it's like a, one of the clean tracks, but then uh, Micah comes in later with like the dirty vocals again, and uh, it's basically a conversation between the, the way I interpret it. I hate to call art like this or that, um, but the way I interpret it is it's like man talking to God saying like, come on, buddy. Like I need, I need something here. You know, you're, I've been here. I've been trying to do this thing and you're not, you're not anywhere to be found. 
And then, you know, Micah's response when he starts screaming is like, you know, no, you like, I'm here. Like, you're not, you're trying to do things your own way, basically. And, no, I, and I, I, oh, sorry. But the, uh, the cool liner yeah. notes is that, um, Shane is not a believer. So it was yeah. that you are right. That is like what it's supposed to be, but it is also a conversation between Micah and Shane as a Christian and a non-Christian. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a super yeah, deep yeah. ass song. Yeah. 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 I have to, I have to re-listen with that in mind. Like yeah. I, I had heard that, uh, yeah, Shane wasn't a believer, but, um, so yeah, like songs like that, the other one, from 10 times in North is basically the same message. And I never understood that until I was in that position. And I was like, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, there's something they're onto something, you know, that I had never really, um, understood. So that was basically my life for a long time was, uh, you know, I'd wake up on Monday and be like, where are you, God, where are you, God? you know, just try and pray. And I'm not feeling, not that I'm not, I wasn't looking for an emotion, but I was just like, this doesn't seem real to me anymore. Yeah. And then, um, honestly, so while I was depressed for about a year to kind of get things rolling, um, that was my experience basically all the time was I'd get like a little glimmer of hope and then, then it would like the next day I'd wake up in the morning feeling the same way again. And, uh, so probably about a, a year later, um, it, it, it's, so you just kind of, I got numb to it, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't even know what that means. And, you know, I probably got into, you know, some stuff that I never would have if it wasn't for that experience, you know, in the next couple of years. So anyway, uh, I pretty much lived like that for a while. I was like, I'd have good weeks um, of feeling like my faith is really coming back just for it to, you know, disappear again, back to hearing those songs and being like, yeah, I'm still in the same boat, like mm. years later. Uh, so anyway, uh, I don't remember where I heard Bad Christian for the first time, but back in the day, <laughs> not so much anymore, um, I, I, know I heard an episode and they were like, yeah, you know, uh, it's silly that Christians can't cuss. And I was like, okay, guys, you know, like what, uh, maybe I shouldn't be listening to this. You know, my like <laughs> teenage <laughs> Christians. You know? Yeah. I was like, what? So, but, you know, I just kept listening. And um, I mean, we all have the same story. You know, you're like, you know, I feel like those of us that, yeah, I know nobody likes the word deconstruction anymore, but those of us that have gone through, a similar experience, you know, we kind of have the same story. Like you start going, huh, you know what? Um, he made a good point and my heart didn't like explode, you know, whenever yep. he said it, like, let me start entertaining this. So yeah, you know, I've been, I went on that journey for a while. Um, right now, uh, actually, uh, I'm a pretty transparent person. I don't like really, how much to hide. Um, I actually, uh, a few months, maybe coming up on a year now, I actually stopped listening to bad Christian. I was, 
I like I was a you know did the paid you know extra bonus mm-hmm. stuff, and I was in the club, and uh, I stopped. Well, I, I dropped out of the club and continued paying for the bonus episodes. And then eventually, yeah, stopped paying. And then maybe about like three episodes later, stopped listening like altogether. Um, just it wasn't like I still love the guys. Um, they're hilarious. And, you know, just the content is still as far as the podcast goes, is still like so good. Um, I still like a lot of what they have to say and outside of faith, just like, I feel like they have some pretty, um, you know, good, good conversations to like really get you thinking about all sorts of different topics. Um, but basically it just, it got to the point where it wasn't helpful for me anymore. Um, not like I, I still really appreciate what I learned from it and the journey it took me on and. I still wouldn't say it's bad for people that are still getting something from it, but for me, yeah, it just wasn't helpful anymore. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's a relatable feeling. Yeah. Right. So actually, uh, you know, I, I'm promised I wouldn't like, you know, stroke your ego too much, but I basically <laughs> replaced uh, like my Christian podcast with, church and other drugs like hey um, there you go i was listening to them like parallelly on it like if that's the right word uh yeah well probably not the right way to say it but (laughs) right yes but i get what you're saying right but then it in tandem maybe (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 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 uh, so i yeah like i basically i would listen to that christian and be like oh i'm not hanging as much and then I'd listen to Church on Their Drugs and whether it be like what you were saying about where you were or what a guest would say, I was just like, no, I, I am held on more than what bad Christian is saying, basically. Yep. And I, you know, I, that, I still hang with that group, but I'm, I haven't completely let go. So. Yes, it, it was. Yeah. I mean, same for me. It was like, okay. I think I'm I've deconstructed most of what I want to deconstruct. Now I'm seeking to rebuild. So it's like I'm not I'm good with um with picking it apart. Now I'm I'm just curious as to like what what parts of it I want to rebuild. Um yeah. which, which brings us to and uh we can spend the rest of the time on this. So you had reached out because you were making a podcast on the book of revelation. Yes. Yeah, so my pastor actually at the you know the church I currently go to, uh, the one that I actually like, um, from the pulpit, he was like, um, yeah, so uh, me and Brennan Hager are going to, uh, start a podcast on revelation. And I was like, what? oh, because <laughs> uh, in passing one time, uh, I was like, uh, I, don't, I can't even remember where it started, but he mentioned uh, how he wanted to start a podcast because he was talking about a revelation study he had. I think maybe he had a question. I was like, what do you think about this or that about revelation? He said, actually, I want to 
start a podcast on. I was like, I love podcasts. I would love to help out with that. And then, yeah, like two weeks later, he was like, from the pulpit in front of the whole church, yeah, we're going to start a podcast on Revelation. Brennan Hague is going to help me. I was like, well, I guess I'm I'm in. Signed so, up now. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's been rough to kind of get it going, but um, we're, um, as of right now, we're going to be doing like some practice runs and some probably like backlogging mm-hmm. up until like the first of the year. And then uh, we'll probably release around that kind of around that time just you know pastors are busy around christmas and the holidays and stuff so oh yeah yeah what so, so what yeah. kind of uh what kind of questions do you think or what i guess what kind of questions do you have questions and thoughts about revelation and uh what do you kind of hope to accomplish with it yeah so he his goal whenever he first brought it up he had had this study for like a long time. He said he has questions about revelation more than almost anything else. So he's like, I just, I'm gonna, he's like, I don't know when I'll share it, but I'm going to write a sermon up on revelation. And then it ended up being like, but he basically went scripture by scripture by the end of it. Oh, uh, wow. So he like, yeah. He's like, this is probably too big for even like a series, you know? Uh, so that's when he decided maybe a podcast would be the best way to go. Um, so yeah, he, he gave me notes kind of to get me started on thinking about where we take it. And, uh, you know, me being this sort of deconstructed, you know, bad Christian or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I was kind of a little bit worried because I'm like, you know, we might start talking about stuff in a way that I don't disagree with, but, uh, isn't compelling to me, you know, and doesn't, doesn't actually help me get to like, uh, the deeper kind of thoughts that I want to explore. But honestly, so far in the notes, it seems like, um, like really good. Like he, he mentions how, um, basically all of the, uh, sort of weird language that confuses people, you know, the, uh, metaphors and like the, uh, you know, the, trying to it, an example. Of the, yeah, like the, the imagery of like, yeah, like the bear and uh, yeah, really. the, the scorpions or the locusts with faces like men and the stings. Right. And yeah, there's yeah. man, that's actually making me want to go back. It's been a while since I've since I've read it, but I used to read that every Sunday because. Wow. I would be so bored in church that I would just <laughs> read the book of Revelation because it was the coolest one. It just, and I was, yeah. as a 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old, like I was really like trying to figure out what the hell this was. And I, I remember actually thinking because um, when it says, those of you who are smart or have wisdom figure this out the number is 666 and i remember being like i am going to be the one that figures this shit out (laughs) that's awesome yeah uh but then it turns out people like me right now i know but then it turns out like people already have or (laughs) i that's why i'm uh i'm curious I'm curious to listen um, 
because my view of it kind of got turned on its head when I want to say it was Brian Godawa that I had was an author. And I I think some other people that I've read um, presented the idea that everything in Revelation already occurred when Jerusalem fell in 70 AD. And I was going on that belief for a while. And then somebody, I want to say recently, it might've been my friend Kenan, but was like, but no, Revelation was written in 72 AD. And I was like, oh, wait, what now? (laughs) So, So I have to... And I want to say I've heard some people say, and there's a word for it, I think, but it's a past and future prophet. It's like both something that has occurred, but will also occur something along those lines. I have heard heard about that, too. Um, So the, the, the approach he seems to be taking, which it was like a breath of fresh air, knowing that at least for the first, uh, I only have like the first couple books or the first couple chapters um, of notes right now. But uh, the approach he's kind of taking is a very um, like practical uh, kind of approach. Um, basically, because I've actually heard this recently. I started researching for the podcast, like outside of his notes. But he says the same thing, which was like super um, uh you know what i don't know even the word uh, i felt like i was we were on the same oh, page you know? uh vindicating validating yeah validating, reassuring yeah, the word. um so it's uh what's it? it's uh let me see here apocalypsis is apparently okay. the word that comes from because revelation we translate it as apocalypse okay that stirs everybody up to say like, oh yeah, so this book, these things, this imagery is talking about what the end of the world is going to look like. Where apparently apocalypse comes from the word apocalypsis, which is more, funny enough, it kind of reverts back to revelation where that's really more of kind of what the word means. It's, it's a revelation. Like it's, um, I think directly it's like an uncovering or, um, yeah, like a unveiling, you know, I think that's more like a direct translation. Um, so like I said, I'd, I'd heard this kind of being taught before, but he's saying it here as well. I guess that's where we're going to go with the podcast is it's not so much talking about an apocalypse the way we know it to be. It's more talking about um what was it uh john i think uh, mm-hmm. that is one of the uh, you know claimed authors um it's god revealing to him these things um it just kind of opening his eyes to uh what's what my pastor scott uh thinks is the character of god basically it's hmm. um he kind of goes scripture just through scripture saying whenever it says um you know, the, like the sword and the mouth thing or whatever. He's like back. And this is another thing that I love that I'm glad Scott's doing. You take the context of what the biblical writers were thinking and mm. like sort of what they 
understood. You know, he even has an example of like, if I say, you know, liar, liar, pants on fire, you're like, oh, I know what that means, you know, in 2021. Whereas yeah. if we write that and then hundreds of years later, they're like, so this gentleman's pants were on fire. You know? Right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, yes, that's a point. I wish a lot of pastors would talk about more that yeah. uh, there are so, there are so many things that we miss because yeah. it just like certain, many things just do not directly translate it just doesn't really work that way um and unless you know you know how to read greek and you know hebrew right. and everything it's like you i mean i guess you could but you'd have to almost reference and then cross-reference every individual word yeah uh, yeah because like, that's what's because there's uh the same words many times in the same chapter that have different meanings. Um, <laughs> yeah, that too. And that's, what's been blowing my mind recently is cause you would think like, okay, if, if somebody wrote uh, excited, but the actual word was happy, it's like, okay, like same yeah. thing, but there have been some words. I think I was researching like uh, hell and a, uh, eternal Ooh. damnation language where it's that like big for me a little bit ago yeah it's like no these words like drastically change the meaning if 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 something is uh, a really long time versus the lazy translation of like eternal it's like but we read that as like forever the right. the American 2021 interpretation of eternal means like forever and ever and ever, but yeah. that's like not really what that particular <laughs> word meant. Uh, and and yeah. so it's things like that. that are really... hear... Yeah. As soon as I hear people say like, Oh, well, let's look at how the authors would have understood this. I'm like, okay, I can hang with this, you know, that for that reason. And I, I remember, I think it was uh, Jared on um, Joey Svensson's podcast, Pastor With No Answers, yeah. uh, was talking to Dan Koch and, or uh, Chris Dade, one of those. And one of them was arguing essentially that the typical reader, the typical layman reader is almost unequipped to like properly read the bible and mm -hmm. jared was pushing back on that saying like i just i just don't think that's the case because the like because that would be a very inconvenient truth so like if that is right. the case that and i don't i don't i don't necessarily think that i think obviously um it's it's meant to appeal to laymen to a certain degree but it really does make you think like what were like what was originally written down and what exactly did they mean and why can't we agree like why can't yeah. we all like why is there no agreed upon mm. it's ugh, that that kind of suck but it's like we were we were taught i think that's for i know for me that's what screwed me up so bad was that like we were just taught that no this 
this is the Bible. It is a hundred percent true and accurate. There's no mistakes. You can take it to the bank. It's trustworthy. And then just simply finding out like, well, which Bible, you know, are you talking about King James? Are you talking about uh, mm-hmm. the message? Are you talking about, you know, the word on and the street, which of, is my favorite translation. <laughs> right. That was sort of my uh, deconstruction and reconstruction answer. Because I started deconstructing with, um, yeah, why can I go to literally on the same street, walk into five different churches, and they're all going to have slightly different, you know, even if it's just, you know, most scriptures we agree on, but these ones we don't or whatever, you know, as, as big of a contrast as, you know, you'll find wherever. But then, you know, whenever I was like reconstructing that sort of in a weird way, what I've been, the way I've been trying to understand things and, you know, go about it lately is like, I don't want to, I'm sure you've heard this before, but as soon as I like would understand it, I would question even more. It's like, if, if I can just sort of read this and study this, you know, kind of on my spare time, like, you know, maybe I'll go like six months without even like thinking about the Bible. And then I can just sort of understand it. How does, or better yet, you know, guys like Dan Koch and, you know, whoever else, these like guys that have dedicated their lives and their careers to understanding it. If they can just figure it out, then what are we really kind of worshiping here? You know what I mean? How, how, how did we kind of unlock uh, the secrets of the universe, you know, from translating, you know, these words. So for me, kind of the mystery is what helps me hold on to the faith a little, mm. bit, a little bit more. So, yeah, um, that, that, that's also, that is a very good point. And in our overly scienced uh, culture, mystery is not treated with any respect, but right. Uh, but it does make sense because and this just this is just a thought that just occurred to me because it's yes, if we are talking about God here, then there are going to be motivations, thoughts, and attributes of God mm-hmm. that are going to be so foreign to us that it mm-hmm. literally really is like an ant versus a human being. Right. or a human being to like a Volkswagen. It's, it's just like, we know, like, and, and so calling it a mystery is even like being gracious. It's like, right. like the, it has to be that dumb almost like, like right. <laughs> you are not going to get this so much. Just it's a mystery, <laughs> dude. Right. Uh, and like, I get the apprehension uh because I, I i was there where you're like so you're telling me i have to just accept that we don't know anything like then what are we even doing here you know and like totally what, where do you start then you know uh you have like, yeah. no ground to stand on you know so i get the it's a scary uh, place to step into um which again i think we all sort of have experienced that yeah well, so what is, so I guess uh, with the, the 
nitty gritty details do, do you have a name for it when can we look out for it what you what you got uh i'm not quite sure about the name uh we've talked about a few but nothing that you know i can actually tell everybody to look for but revelation uh, nation that's what you should call it <laughs> i'll definitely write that one down in the notebook i'll pitch it um, revelation proclamation i don't know something <laughs> Revelation Proclamation Nation. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so you said uh, sometime around the first of the year? Yeah, that's the hope. Um, you know, I figure I may just let you know and you can just uh, put it in the show notes of an episode or something if anybody's, you know, interested. Um, like I said, we're still not uh, really sure, which is kind of like the nature of podcasts, which I, yeah. I kind of like about that we're kind of uncertain on how it's going to go because – Oh yeah. You'll, you'll figure it out as you go. Like you'll right. think, you'll think it's going to be one thing and then you'll, you'll understand what it's supposed to be with just time. Right. So. Which is kind of the, the one thing that I am happy about, you know, when I asked you uh, to have me on to talk about it, I was like, I don't really know if this is quite the audience that would be interested in it being how. You know, oh no. A hundred percent. <laughs> just yeah. how it's um you know it might not be as like whatever progressive or you know whatever um uh, as as like some of the audience might um might want but like i said as after reading the notes i'm like no yeah this is uh scott kind of surprised me with his um the way he's looking at it and the like the way we're going to start exploring uh some of the ideas and stuff and not just I guess kind of the way everybody always has, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I'd love to, um, yeah. Talk to Scott as well to kind of see, uh, see his thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, I will, uh, I will be sure to let the congregation know when that's going on. Um, Brennan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, send me an email at church and other drugs at gmail.com, uh, patreon.com slash church and other church and other drugs. Um, putting out a new Patreon episode tonight, actually, uh, and storefrontier.com slash church and other drugs. Brennan, thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, man. A sound
chance to 